kid. Paging Brad. <laughs> hey, there he is. Good morning, everyone. We went to the baseball game yesterday, and it was hot. How hot was it? It was hot. <laughs> Who all went? Raise your hands if you're still in here. Was it hot? It was hot. But we still had a great time, because they won. You could fry an egg on my head. And I had a hat on. <laughs> anyway, we're waiting for Dr. Tim. <clears throat> He's napping, I think. No. <laughs> Larry and the kids are at Passport this week. They're supposed to be back today. So we've got, I think they said 10 kids and five adults. Is that right? Yeah, two to one. That's, that's pretty fair, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, five chaperones. Hmm. Keep talking. Let's see. Good morning, Susan. <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you. But... <laughs> I'm waiting on your husband. <laughs> All right, give him a hand. He made it. I was out here killing time. And, uh... <laughs> he is on time. <laughs> Do you want to do this? No. <laughs> I've been doing it. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome to you. We're glad you're here today. And uh, we welcome you here. Uh, I, I hope you enjoyed my warm-up act here. <laughs> uh, we welcome you here. We're glad that you're here. And we hope that God will bless in a very special way today. And we welcome our guests especially. You are very important to us. And we're glad that you are here with us. And I uh, hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. 
A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. They're, they're on the clipboard on each row. Uh, please take that right now and pick up that, that attendance sheet and take the pencil and put your name and address and phone number and check uh, an email address and check the appropriate box on there so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. We would certainly appreciate that. Also, several things that are coming up. Our uh, youth rummage sale is coming up in about two weeks, I think. Uh, isn't that right? About two weeks? Uh, it's August the 2nd. And so they are collecting things to rummage off. And so if you would like to bring some things to uh, contribute to the, the rummage sale, uh, we invite you to do so. Just bring it by the church here. And if you need some help, give us a call and we'll uh, have somebody to come and pick that up for you if you need to. Um, but just make plans for that and uh, also make plans to be here on August the 2nd so you can buy some of that stuff back. Uh, <laughs> also, this is going to be a busy week for us here at Community Baptist Church because, you know, a lot of times during the summer we take a mission trip and we go wherever to, to do mission work. And we decided this summer that we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a mission trip here in Henderson. And that's going to be this week. We have various projects lined up uh, that we'll be um, engaged in during the week. And there, it's a wide variety. We have projects on the indoors. We have projects on the outdoors. And I know that it's supposed to be raining a couple of days this week. Don't let that keep you at home because we got some things to do on the inside as well. Um, various projects, and they require, require various skill levels. So if you are a master carpenter, we can use you. If you, all you can do is bend nails like me, then we can use you too. Um, we have uh, everything from washing to hauling to painting to carpentry to cooking to praying. So you can be involved in this in a number of different ways this week. Uh, we will be starting at 12 o'clock noon and going until 7 o'clock when we will regroup here at the church for a meal together and a little debriefing and a, and a devotion time. And... Um, and I hope that you can be, be involved with this. Now, also, you don't have to be involved from 12 to 7. If you can be involved from 12 to 2 or 2 to 3 or however, you can do that. Just come and show up or give me a call on my cell phone and I can tell you where you can go to be helpful in our, in our week's work here. So that's the way it's going to work, and I hope that as many of you as possible can, can be here for that. Also, in, in regards to that, we will not be having, since we have all this activity this week, we will not be having any Wednesday activities on Wednesday night, our normal Wednesday activities. No supper, no, um, no Bible study on Wednesday night, because uh, we'll be give, we're going to be living our ministry this week. Uh, one other thing I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, today we will be observing the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And as we do sometimes, um, we, we take up a benevolence offering sometimes at the end of the Lord's Supper. So a couple of our deacons will be uh, at the doors after the worship service to uh, receive a benevolence offering. We've had a number of calls uh, uh, for benevolence um, needs in the past uh, few weeks, few months. And so it's getting a little bit low and we need to replenish it. So... Uh, if you could think about what you would like to drop in there, we would appreciate it. 
It's great to have you here today. It's great to be in the house of the Lord and to especially be with God's people and to fellowship with one another. And one of the things we like to do is greet each other in the name of the Lord. So let's, let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you and greet each other in, in God's name. <clears throat> Let's remain standing and joining us and sing some praise songs. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down
Lord Jesus, you are 
the crown of our lives. And it is only in you that we have any purpose in our lives at all. And we thank you, O God, for the purpose that you have given to us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who died a death for us and was resurrected again, that we may have forgiveness of our sins and that we may relate to you and to one another in the way that you have called us to do so. You are indeed holy, O God. You are worthy of all of our praise, and we come to you in praise of your holy name today. And we pray, O God, today that you would come among us, that you would give us ears that do not fail to hear, that you would give us eyes that do not fail to see, give us hearts that do not fail to respond. Make us soil today, O God, which gladly receives the seeds of truth and then nurtures that truth of your good news to bear, to bear abundant fruit for your kingdom. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand sing along with hymn number 575.
time for children. Is anyone doing the time for children? Jacob's doing it. Great. A lot of us have been out of town this past week, so we're kind of uh, confused. But great, Jacob. And children. Come up close. Come, come up close. Come up close. Come on in, Jerry. Okay. What do you think that I've got with me today? What would you guess this is? Indian? That's a guessing. I like your haircut. I like yours too, May. Okay, so we got an Indian. Who else would like to take a guess what this might be? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a bird. It is a carving of a cowbird. And it's carved from the horn of a cow. Yeah, so that's fitting, isn't it? See this long beak? In Africa, the cowbird, a live cowbird, would sit on the back of the cows. Now let's see if we can think about why in the world a cowbird would be on the back of a cow. What might you think? Free ride? Free ride. There you go. That's a cheap ride. Food we hear. Anybody else want to venture a guess? Well, the food was correct. The cowbird eats the bugs, fleas, ticks, mites, off the back of the cow. That's his supper. See that point? And the cow liked that. That was good for the cow because it got all that worrisome stuff off of him. So they were kind of codependent. When I was thinking about that, I thought, well, you know, we are all dependent on each other, aren't we? I need you for something. You need me for something. And in this time that we're so thinking about our earth and how to look after the world, when we think about how dependent we are on the things in the earth and how dependent all of God's creation is on each other, then we will probably pay more attention to uh, the air that we breathe. We've got to be careful what we put out in that air if we're going to be breathing it, don't we? And the water that we drink, we want to be careful what we put in the water in the lakes and the rivers because we're going to be drinking that water. So we need to look after God's creation because everything in the world is dependent on something else. It all fits into a majestic plan, doesn't it? All of God's creation. So we need to be good cowbirds. Can you be good cowbird this week? And you be looking after somebody else's bugs. And you be helping somebody have a cleaner, healthier life. Okay? Y'all welcome to look at this later if you like. Okay, you're, we're done. <laughs>
Oh, thank you, Jiggy. Our offertory hymn is on page 572. We'll do all three verses. If you would please stand and sing. I love to tell the story. thankful today that we can come and gather. Lord, we're thankful that we are able to tell your story. Lord, we ask that you bless these tithes and, and guide us and direct us and use them to your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
I did want to let you know if uh, you plan to help this week with the with the mission projects, if you'd please make sure you see either myself or Mike Sugg to sign up. We do need a number. We're going to, after church today, decide which days we'll do what projects. We need to know how many people we'll have for those areas. Uh, we've been working, a, a group of us, a lot of people from church have been working on the children's area back here. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were back there washing down walls, which is not a a fun task for anyone. And one of the younger youth was helping us and she turned to her mom and she said, why don't they do this? And her mom said, well, we are they. We are the church. We are the hands and the feet and and the heart of the church. And uh, that's what our um, goal is this week with the mission week is to go out into our community and um, and to show others our love and and our compassion for them. And that's what led me to do this song today. Uh, During that, maybe they'll see a glimpse of Jesus in, in us. See in the mirror the one I want others to see. Do I show in the way that I walk in my life? The love that you've given to me My heart's desires to be like you In all that I do all I am Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate? your grace do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be do they see Jesus Jesus in me you'd ever use me but use me the way you will help me to hold out a heart of compassionate grace a heart that your spirit feels may I show forgiveness and mercy the same way you've shown it to me do they I communicate your love and your grace. Do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be? Do they see Jesus, Jesus in me?
Thank you, Christine. And they certainly do see Jesus in you and all the work you do uh, for Christ's kingdom. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, you may see that the um, title of the sermon is Communicating Christ. And a large part of communicating Christ is how people see the life of Christ in each of us. So I think that's a, a beautiful song that goes hand in hand with the service today. Our scripture reading for today comes from Matthew uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then skipping over to verses 18 through 23. Uh, This is the parable of the sower. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears hear. Then over in verse 18, Jesus explains this parable. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of God for you and for me. There's a story going around 
about two women who stopped at a service station on the coast of Texas one day and asked where the lighthouses were located. But the service station attendant was a little confused and asked if there was a particular reason that they were looking for lighthouses. And one of them said, we understand that the lighthouses have good paying jobs. There are lots of ads in the newspapers for them, but we don't know where they are so that we can apply for these jobs. Well, the service station attendant said, "As, as far as I know, there are no lighthouses in Texas. Let me see that paper. And sure enough, he looked at the paper and there were several ads in the newspaper which read, Light housekeeping needed. (laughs) Now, I know that that's a bad joke. That's one of those groaners, I know. But when you write an ad for the newspaper, you might consider that all kinds of people will be reading it. And therefore, all kinds of misunderstandings can take place. But this just points to the fact that communication can be a very tricky thing. In fact, every pastor is aware that what he or she says is not necessarily what the people hear. Because the act of communication has at least three critical elements to it. There is the sender, there is the message, and there is the person who receives the message. And I say at least three elements because there are actually a number of other things that are going on in any act of communication that can either aid or hinder the process of communication. For example, the relationship between a a sender and a receiver is important. Some married couples can finish one another's sentences while, while other people who may be angry with one another... They may not be able to hear a single message that the other person is trying to communicate no matter what. Communication can also be affected by whether the sender and the receiver share the same kinds of experiences. Because those experiences give them a perspective on the world. And our perspectives can vary from person to person. One man said that he took his family to one of those restaurants that have all sorts of memorabilia on the wall from from movies. And as they were waiting to be seated, he looked over and he saw his 11-year-old daughter staring at a poster of Superman standing in a phone booth. And she looked puzzled. She had this puzzled look on her face. So he whispered to his wife and said, doesn't she know who Superman is? And she replied, it's worse than that. She doesn't know what a phone booth is. So you see, communication between generations can suffer because of a lack of shared experiences. And there are many factors that can affect whether an act of communication is successful or not. And that's what our scripture passage is about today. Jesus told a parable. An act of communication in and of itself designed to help people understand. And in this parable, he said that a farmer went out to sow some seed and some of the seed fell by the wayside and the birds came by and devoured it up. 
Some of the seed fell on the hard ground and, and, and withered because the young plants could not put down deep roots. Some of the seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and, and choked the young plants. But some of the seed fell on good soil and brought forth fruit, in some cases a hundredfold. My friends, in this parable, Jesus is talking about a particular act of communication. And that act of communication was his teaching about the kingdom of God. Some people are exposed to Christ's teachings and they only half listen. And because of that, the message really doesn't take hold. And it's as if the birds have come along and devoured it before they even have a chance to process it. Then there are others who listen to the words of Jesus and to the message about Jesus, but they're really indifferent or maybe even hostile to it. And so that message never has a chance. They are the hard ground. There are still others who are who may be interested, but they are so burdened with other concerns in their lives that those concerns choke out the message of the kingdom. And they're no better off than any of the others. But then there are some whom Christ calls the good soil. And these are the people who hear the message of Christ and who respond to the message of Christ and who live out that kingdom message that Jesus taught. They live it out in their lives. And I hope and I pray that most of you can count yourselves as good soil. You hear the message of God's kingdom and you respond eagerly to its call. You have to wonder, though, where's Jesus leading with this parable? Because what Jesus is telling them basically is that some people will respond to the gospel and some people will not. So what are we to do with this information? What are we supposed to do with it? Well, I wonder if Jesus was not preparing us for the kind of response that we would receive as we communicate the gospel to others. And that's the first thing that we really need to see this morning. For you see, communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ is an important part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We know that's true. We are not only good soil, but once the gospel has taken root in our own lives, we are to join with Christ in sowing the seeds of God's kingdom. Jesus told us, to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that Christ has commanded us. This is the great commission and it's a task of every follower of Christ. We are to communicate the gospel. And this communication takes many forms. For example, we communicate our faith to our children. That's probably the area that most of us uh, take most seriously. Through our gifts to the church, we also spread the gospel throughout the entire world as we, as we make our mission offerings around the world. But we also know that, that Christ has called us to do more. Because you see, through our actions, Christ calls us to spread the gospel to our friends and to our neighbors and to our co-workers. But even more than that, Christ calls us to give 
a verbal witness to people around us. And that can be a a scary proposition sometimes, can't it? That's a hard thing for us to do. Some of you may be familiar with the writings of uh, Jill Briscoe. One of her books, she tells about coming to know Christ as a young student at Cambridge. And it was a profound experience for her that she knew that she would have to share with her friends back home. But she also knew how her friends would react to that because, you see, pious religious people just kind of grated on their nerves. And she knew this because that's the way she had always felt. In fact, she and her friends had had even ridiculed a, a young girl at school who had gone off to church camp and come back home born again. So she knew what sort of treatment lay ahead of her as she headed home at the end of the semester. But she also knew that she had to share this information with her friends. So she mailed invitations to her six closest friends, inviting them to come to her house on Saturday night so that she could share with them some very exciting news. And they all arrived with neatly wrapped presents in their hands. To her dismay, she realized that they had assumed that she had gotten engaged. Well, her best friend asked, who's the lucky man? You didn't let any grass grow under your feet, did you? Another girl said, when's the wedding? But Jill interrupted and said, this is probably going to grate on you pretty badly, but it isn't a man. Well, I mean, I didn't fall in love. Well... Not really in love as in love, but I've come to know and love Jesus Christ. Jill Briscoe says that there was this shocked silence as her girlfriends stood around her with their presence clutched in their hands, their eyes as big as saucers and their, their jaws sagging. What? They echoed almost in unison. And stumbling and bumbling, Jill tried to tell them the little that she knew in the best way that she could. And and she says that, that she was super conscious that they were getting more and more uncomfortable. And she could see that her words were indeed grating upon them. And soon they left. They simply couldn't take it. That night, she lost most of her lifetime friends. One of them even turned hostile towards her. Her friends simply could not accept her story. Only one of them stuck by her and eventually came to know Christ herself. But listen to what Jill Briscoe says. She says, knowing Jesus and making him known has a heavy price attached to it but it's a price that is infinitely worth paying. Jill Briscoe discovered the truth of Christ's parable of the sower. Some people are exposed to Christ's teachings and they only half listen and the message doesn't take. Others hear the message and they are totally indifferent or maybe even hostile to it. Still, others may be interested, but they are 
They are burdens with so many concerns of their lives that those concerns choke out the message of the kingdom. And only a few will turn out like Jill's friend who proved to be good soil. But communicating the gospel is a part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. But here's the scary part. Sometimes we can be the reason that the message of Christ does not take root. And this kind of goes back to the song that Christine sang just a few moments ago. Do they see Jesus in me? I mentioned earlier that there are at least three different elements of, to the act of communication. The sender, the receiver, and the message. But there's also the medium by which the message is conveyed. And in this case, the medium is us. And to be honest with you, because of who we are and because of what we do, we sometimes help the seeds of the gospel to take root. And sometimes we hinder it. Dick Shepard was a very popular pastor in Great Britain, and he says that when he was a student at Oxford, he was considering entering the ministry, but he almost abandoned that idea because he saw a bishop lose his temper and really just blow it at a tennis match. That one event almost turned him against the whole idea of ministry as a vocation. Well, my friends, bishops are human beings, too, and pastors are, too, in case you didn't know. And sometimes even pa- even bishops lose their temper. And even the best of people can uh, cannot be on their guard every moment of every day. But we all know that sometimes the message of Jesus Christ does not get through because of the person who conveys it. Probably the most famous example of this was Mahatma Gandhi. In his autobiography, Mahatma Gandhi says that during his early days in South Africa, he inquired into Christianity. He read the New Testament. He knew about Jesus. As a matter of fact, he was very much influenced by the Sermon on the Mount. He even attended a church in Pretoria for several Sundays. But listen to what he writes. He says, the congregation did not strike him as being particularly religious. They were not an assembly of devout souls, but appeared rather to be worldly minded people going to church for recreation and in conformity to custom. And he therefore concluded that there was nothing in Christianity which he didn't already possess. Mahatma Gandhi was driven away from Christianity by the fact that the performance of the Christians that he met fell way short of their profession of faith. And sometimes the seed of the gospel falls on hard hard soil, sometimes among thorns, but sometimes it does not take root because of the imperfect character of those doing the sowing. So here's a hint for you, folks. Here's a hint for successful sowing. The best way to share the good news of Christ's kingdom is with love. Every salesperson knows nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And folks, when it comes to our responsibility to share the gospel of Christ with others, our character and our actions can affect 
how the message is received. So, so here's what we must do. We must in all ways communicate to others our love for them. Whether it's communicating our faith to our children or our friends or to complete strangers, we must always sow the seeds of God's kingdom in love. In fact, I would say that people who try to witness for Christ but who are not loving people, they probably usually do more harm than good. As a matter of fact, pious religious people who do not love great on my nerves too. <laughs> like they did on Jill Briscoe's nerves. And the reason why is because they don't come across as authentic. And if it's not authentic, then we don't want anything to do with it and nobody else does either. Bruce Larson tells about a young African woman named Marie who came to the United States from Angola. One day she went to a, an evangelism conference where they were talking about pamphlets and missions and campaigns. And at one point, they, somebody turned to Marie and asked, what do they do in your church in Angola, Marie? And Marie said, in my church, we don't give out pamphlets to people or have missions. We, we just send one or two families, Christian families, into a village to, to live. And when people see what Christians are like... They want to be Christians. You know, somehow I believe that that's the best way of all to sow the seeds of God's kingdom. It's the way of love. Indeed, the, the best type of sower is the person who loves God with all of his or her heart and who loves others as they love themselves. The light of Christ shines through their lives. They are good soil. And they respond to the gospel of Christ. And then they in turn share the gospel of Christ with others. That, my friends, is what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's what we're called to do as Christ followers. Amen. We have come to that part of our service where we will celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. The ordinance of the Lord's Supper is a way for us to communicate. We're talking about communication today. And it is a way for us to communicate and to express our gratitude for what Christ has done for us in his death and in his resurrection. It is a way for us to commune with God and to commune with one another as God's family. It is a symbolic representation of Christ's crucifixion as the bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for you and the cup represents his blood that was shed for you. And so all of God's family, all are invited to participate in the Lord's Supper. No one is excluded from God's table. We will be using two methods of communing together today in the Lord's Supper. The intincture we have here before us, the cup and the bread. Uh, and if you would like to, to participate by using intincture, we invite you to come from the back row first, come down that middle aisles. Someone will be standing here holding a loaf of bread, 
and we ask you to pinch off a piece of of bread. And you can take a big enough piece so that you can move on to the cup and dip it in without getting your fingers wet there. Um, So if you would like to do that, you would take that and then dip it into the cup and then go back to your seat by the side. Uh, Some of you may prefer to use the traditional method. We have that available to you as well. And if you would prefer to, to use the traditional method, it's easy. All you have to do is stay seated exactly where you are, and we'll have a couple of deacons come to you with the wafer and the juice. And uh, you do not have to wait for the traditional formula. All you have to do is to take it when you get the bread and eat it, and when you get the cup, to go ahead and, ahead and drink it. So if I can have my deacons that are helping today to come forward. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, a new thing I give to to you, a new thing I do for you. He said, take and eat this bread. Take and drink this cup, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is what communion means to us. It is a symbolic representation of the death of Christ. It is the broken body of Christ. It is the blood that was spilled for us. It is a statement to us, a communication to us from God that says God loves us, each and every one of us. So we invite you to take the Lord's Supper. As we do so, we commune with God. We commune with one another. We remember with thanksgiving what God has done for us. And so as we take this, please ponder in your hearts and be thankful. Would you come?
express our gratitude to Christ for what Christ has done for us. We have identified in a symbolic, physical way the death of Christ, and through this death, the forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful way to commune with one another. What a wonderful way to be the family of God with one another. And, what no, and there is no more fitting way to conclude this service by singing the first verse of Blessed Be the Tie That Binds Us Together. As we do this, reach across the aisle and grab the hand of the person next to you. And let's share in the fellowship of Christ today. May we go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with the knowledge that we are God's children. We are loved and we are recipients of the great seed of God's message of the kingdom. And now as we go from this place, may we also be sowers of that seed. May our lives reflect the life of Christ. May others indeed see Christ in us. And may we be faithful to the witness that we have been called to share. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tim, can I make an announcement? Sure, please. <laughs> Very appropriate. The spirit here. I want to make, tell you that on Sunday afternoon, September the 28th, be a very special event in this church. And once you put it on your calendar, we're hosting Chica's concert here at our church uh we will uh invite the community everybody to come and and share the treasure we have all the time with us share it with others she's asking we did this about 21 years ago i believe at ibt uh and at that time she did kind of a she had some children's music section. She had classical. She had a little pop, and she had the religious songs. She's taking requests. Now, she can't play everybody's, but from it, maybe she can get an idea of the interest there. So between now and then, talk it. It will be in the paper. We'll get it advertised because we want to celebrate this time, Jacob. That's Sunday afternoon, September 28th. Thank you. <laughs>